Good evening. <laughs> this is Chaim Brabender, and the shear is the shear that precedes Rosh Hashanah, and it'll deal with Tshuva and the Akedah. Akedah is the binding of, of Yitzchak. And this shear is being given in loving memory of Dr. Chuck Feldman, Zichronoli Bracha. We're sure that wherever Dr. Feldman finds himself, he's continuing to do good for the Jewish people. And we're thankful to him for that. If I had to find the essential point of Rosh Hashanah, like what, what is Rosh Hashanah? I mean, I know it's the beginning of the year. And it marks a beginning. There are other beginnings, but it marks a beginning. But I'm not sure that that's what I'm looking for when I try to find out what Rosh Hashanah is really about. I think that we might agree that Rosh Hashanah is about Tiyat Shofar. It's about blowing the shofar. I mean, surely it's the only time when we are specifically instructed to blow the shofar. It's the only time when the shofar and the blowing of the shofar and the specific noise that the shofar makes catches our attention so profoundly. It, the halacha deals with every jot and tittle of shofar noise making. What is the noise? How long should it be? Who can make it? Who can do it? When should it be done? All of these things are dealt with in the halacha. And so it seems to me it seems to me that Yachofa must certainly be the most important thing that we do on Rosh Hashanah. Of course, you might want to ask, how is it possible then that when Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbat, one of the days, the first day of Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbat as it does this year, we do away with the blowing of the shofar, and we only blow the shofar one day, the second day of Rosh Hashanah, but not the first day. I mean, that's a good question. And that question is dealt with by the Gemara at length. And the answer is not obvious or easy or simple or understandable necessarily, but it's enough for us to know that the question is dealt with. So let's leave it aside for a moment and get back to our original consideration, which was that Tchiyat Shofar is the most important thing that we do on Rosh Hashanah. I know that there are many minhagim and the foods that you eat and foods that you don't eat, but you have to agree with me that those are secondary considerations, whereas blowing the Shofar on Rosh Hashanah is a primary consideration. Now, when you want to know what something is about, 
You want to know they kind of get a, an essential definition. It's always good to look at the Rambam. It's always good to look at the Rambam. Unfortunately, as a an oversight, in my condition, I think oversight is not so uh, remarkable. And uh, I forgot to write the halacha. I'm going to refer to in a moment on the sheet, but you'll get it if you just listen carefully. The Rambam, the Rambam Nelchotshuva, the Rambam, as you know, collected what he thought was part of the notion of tshuva, of repentance. How you do it and what do you do, etc., etc. But in Hilchot Shuvah, which of which there are ten chapters, the Rambam in the third chapter of Hilchot Shuvah, remember the third chapter and the fourth paragraph, the Rambam says this, even though we know that the mitzvah of blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah in the Torah. Not something that we discovered or invented on our own. Remez yeshbo. Even though the Rambam says it's not necessary to redefine it or to understand it, it's a mitzvah. We do what God wants of us. And God wants us to blow the shofar. He says, He says, nevertheless, there is something about the mitzvah of Tkiyat Shofar that I have to tell you. There's a remez, there's a hint there in that is to say, Again, you are sleeping, wake up. Dozing off, wake up from your doze. Look into your deeds, the way you act. Go back. Do tshuva. And remember your creator. So the Rambam says in Hilchot Shuvah Perigimol Alacha Dalit, the Rambam says, you know that big noise that we make on Rosh Hashanah? You know that oppressive noise that everybody's waiting for and everybody hears? It's the kind of noise that wakes you up, I guess literally and figuratively. It's a wake-up. It's a wake-up call. Those of you who have fallen asleep and don't recognize the fact that you're connected to the Creator and that you'll pay the price for sleeping when you should be wide awake, the Rambam says, no, 
That's the shofar. The amazing thing, an amazing thing about this statement in the Rambam is that he includes it in Hilchot Shuvah and not in Hilchot, Hilchot Rosh Hashanah. Why does he include Hilchot Shuvah? Because if the least says that's what it does. That's what the Tkiat Shofar does for us. It moves us to do Shuvah. It brings us together with what the place that we should be at. And in order to understand further, I think we should look a little bit at Hilchot Shuvah. The Ramah Hilchot Shuvah, Perik Aleph, the beginning of Hilchot Shuvah, and we'll try to shortcut it a little bit. Kol Mitzvot Sheba Torah. Anything that Shuvah has to do with mitzvot in the Torah. Mitzvot in the Torah, the commandments. Then the Ramam was on the same. If he denies one of them, then this is an important, uh, this is an important statement that the Ramam says. When he does tshuva and he repents, in other words, bicheto chayav litvadot l'vnei akel baruchu. So the way the Rambam, if you parse the sentence a little bit, the way the Rambam seems to be uh, speaking is that tshuva itself is not exactly a mitzvah. It's salvation. It's the way a person who is in deep trouble can can begin to save himself. It's not what the Torah demands of you as a mitzvah so much as it is what the Torah demands of you as a person. If you are connected to the Torah and you've done some, you've transgressed. So you want to clear that up, don't you? I mean, you would like that transgression to be wiped away. You'd like somehow to repent and receive absolution. He says, however, the Rambam says that the Torah added on vidui. I'm explaining why. Vidui, vidui is confession. You have to confess out loud. It's not something that you could do on your own. Then the Rambam goes on to explain what the nature of vidui is, starting from Starting from these words, Ketzad Mitvadim. You see these words. And he goes on to explain that. And then he goes on and says this. I hope you see it. It's like one of these mitzvot that doesn't have an obvious limit. You could continue it. You could do more. You could do more. And this is a statement that the Rambam has discussed, has been discussed over the years and presented in many, and pre, we presented many solutions. It's a wondrous thing to do. Tshuva, it's a doing tshuva is, is a good thing. Something which also, in, in other words, it doesn't only take care of a problem. It gives you, 
It connects you. It makes you a better person. And then he goes on and says, He says, when when people bring korbanot because they've done something by mistake or or on purpose, right? Tshuva is an essential part of the act of papara, of atonement. And if the way you get atonement is by bringing a korban, so you have to know you have also to tshuva. Okay? So that's what the Rambam, that's what the Rambam says. Vidui, let me just move this. Vidui is necessary. It's the operative part of tshuva. Operative part of tshuva, and then the Rambam goes on and says all kinds of other things connected to tshuva, like sair hamishdaleach. Sair hamishdaleach. I hope you you all know what what I mean. The goat that was sent out on Yom Hakippurim. Sair hamishdaleach. Since who Kaparal called Israel, so there you have a, another kind of Kapara atonement, which is available to all of Am Yisrael. You see that line. There's a goat that you send out into the wilderness. Atones for everything. The, the lesser ones and the more serious ones, usually we distinguish them by the punishment. The more serious the punishment, the more chamur, the more weighty the transgression. Somehow the Sayer Mishdaleach is the, the, the primary agent for Kapara. For Kapara. So according to the Rambam, the individual does Tshuva and the individual does Vidui Confession. But the individual is also part of a tzibur that is dependent upon the sa'ira mishdaleach on Yom HaKippurim. And then we could say, uh, you know, even if there are avonot that you don't remember that you did, that you don't know that you did, you know that even in our davening, when we daven on Yom HaKippurim, we say, again and again and again. Now, we didn't do all those chatayim. I don't know anybody who did all those chatayim, but it's like you might have forgotten something that you did. And that's part of the job of the vidui is to remind you of things that you might uh, wish to forget. So that's what the Ramam says. The question that we ask is, well, what happened to Am Yisrael? What happened to Am Yisrael after the Churban Beit HaMikdash? When there is no Sayyid Mishtaleach, 
And we can't fulfill our obligations for national kinds of tshuva, the tshuva that we need, that Am Yisrael needs, that Am Yisrael needs in order to, to make its way to Eretz Yisrael, to establish what has been established. Hello? And we don't have that. So along comes the Rambam and Halacha Gimel and makes a very important programmatic statement. Very important. The Rambam says, Halacha Gimel. You see, you see Halacha Gimel. Let me just... Try to underline it. I don't seem to be as good at this as I used to be. Here we are. Halacha Gimel. So they said the Rambam Perak Aleph Hilchot Shuba Aleph Bet and Gimel. I've lost. I've lost it again. Ismana Zeh. In our time, the Rambam says, where there is no Beit HaMikdash. There's no Beit HaMikdash. So in other words, the Rambam felt the question. He knew we were going to ask that question. What do we do today? What do we do? One, we don't have an altar for which we can demand atonement. Ein sham ela tshuva, the Rambam says. I don't know where the Rambam exactly gets it from, but he's confident that the Torah would not leave us without recourse, would leave us without the ability to make all the kinds of tshuva that are necessary according to the Torah itself. And even though we deserve to have the Chorba Beit HaMikdash, we certainly deserved to, for, for that to be destroyed. There was no doubt about that. There's no doubt that we also deserve somehow the ongoing connection to the Torah. And it is certainly possible to say that the ongoing connection to the Torah is dependent, is dependent on our ability to do tshuva. And so the Rambam says, Bisman kayam kapa, kama. All we have left in the world is tshuva. We don't need anything else. The tshuva will take care of everything. Even a person is known to be wicked. On uh, uh, acting unacceptably, all his days, and he does tshuva at the end of his life. You can't mention to him he's a real bal tshuva. You can't mention to him any of his past sins. Well, somehow tshuva remakes the person. 
and Shuba makes it possible for him to go on unburdened by his sins. And the day of Yom Kippurim has also got a certain amount of power. Mechaper l'shavim atones those who who uh, return. Shneimaki b'yom hazeh yechaper alechem. So the first thing that we mentioned today was. The first thing that we mentioned today was that the chauffeur is a wake-up call. You know, is that Rosh Hashanah is really Yom Kippur. It's the Yom Kippur that you eat on, that you can eat, that eating is important. And the, it's the shofar that makes Rosh Hashanah, the tekiah of shofar that makes Rosh Hashanah into Yom Kippur. Which it, it in, in fact teaches us that every day of the year could be Yom Kippur. It doesn't mean, I mean, Yom Kippur makes Yom Kippur into a special day. Is not the fact that we don't eat. That's just an aid. That's helpful to us. We, it's hard not to notice. It's hard not to notice what's going on that we're eating or we're not eating. But every day can be Yom HaTshuva. Every day can be Yom HaTshuva. And the one thing that the Torah doesn't want, according to this kind of presentation, the one thing that the Torah doesn't want It's for us to get to Yom Kippurim without having done Shuvah. And as Rav, Rav Nachman of Ratzlaff pointed out, and many others have pointed out, Shuvah is actually a, a daily enterprise. It's actually a daily enterprise because everybody understands that you have to do tshuva, al hatshuva, and tshuva al hatshuva that Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman spoke about. I mentioned Rabbi Nachman because we wish well all the people who are flying to unknown locations in Eastern Europe in order to be with Rabbi Nachman at Ran Rosh Hashanah. We wish them well. Rabbi Nachman said there's tshuva ala tshuva. He said, you know what tshuva? Tshuva is a force that you find within yourself. I mean, you can do it. You can change things. You can make yourself over. Even, even a modern psychologist can help. You can really be a different person. You're definitely not the same person after Chuva than before Chuva. So let's say somebody transgressed and spoke Lashon Hara, said things that he shouldn't have said about somebody else. 
So he does tshuva. So he looks at his sin. He looks at it. And he says, okay, I'm doing tshuva. I won't do it again. I, 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 I'm sure that I won't do it again. I'm sure that I won't do it again. So what we, we, we insist there is that the tshuva he did changed him, made him into a better person, made him more devoted to the rules of the Torah, made him more considerate of the other people in the world, and therefore less liable to do that particular sin of Lashonara again. Less liable. So, what would you say about the person before Tshuva and the person after Tshuva? You'd say that in every case, Tshuva is elevating. It raises your level. You know, on a scale of one to ten, where are you now? Where were you before? So if you were three, three before, burdened by the transgressions that you transgressed, by the things that you said that you shouldn't have said, by the things that you did that you shouldn't have done, now you do tshuva. You do tshuva. You know, as you say, I can be better than that. I can be, I can be more than a three. I can be a five or a seven. And once you realize that you could be a five or a seven, you look back at the transgression, at the Lashon Hara that you spoke, and the Tshuva that you did. And you come to the conclusion that doing Tshuva as a three is not the same as doing Tshuva as a five or a seven. I mean, when you understand something, Everything changes when you understand what it means to be a three, when you understand what it means to be down in the dumps. When you understand that, there's no way that you can imagine that you've done sufficient tshuva. Another three, I mean, he's like, can hardly speak has no way to understand. Now I'm a five or I'm a seven. I better do tshuva again on the tshuva that I did because the tshuva that I did was not good enough. Certainly not. Not good enough. And so this is the idea of doing tshuva a la tshuva. It's not that, I mean, it's like never ending. Tshuva is like being on a roller coaster taking you to good places, but it keeps going. It's a it's it's a never-ending, perhaps daily event. Where people sit down and they say, This is how can I do better? It's not just doing tshuva on something that happened. It's changing the course. My courts. And so the Rambam says in El Chotchuba about the shofar. He says, You know that shofar? 
it's Rosh Hashanah. But it's because Rosh Hashanah is a kind of a Yom Kippur. A kind of a Yom Kippur that demands of us primarily, I mean, you know, Yom Hadin, it's a time of judgment. But judgment means that I have the ability to judge myself, to know who I am, to know something about myself. And yes, it's difficult. It's difficult, but the chauffeur is there. The chauffeur is there to help. And you know, there's a minhag to blow a hundred blasts of the chauffeur. hundred blasts. hundred's a big number. And we know that Meikar Adin, the obligation of the Torah is much smaller than that. Nine or thirty. Much smaller. And the only way to explain the need that I mean, I mean, somebody came up with the idea of of a hundred, but that's not important. What's important is that Am Yisrael accepted it. We all do that. We all go hundred, hundred, even though it's it's uh, it's yantiv, so to speak. And maybe we don't have to. We do it because it's a wake up call. It turns Rosh Hashanah into Yom Kippur a Yom Kippur where it is permitted to eat, an optimistic day, an optimistic day where everybody's, the Yerushalmi says, everybody comes dressed in white and uh, and he's certain that each person is certain that he or she will be absolved by heaven for the transgressions that they had committed. So I will take my leave at this time and wish you all all the best to you. Be well.